talk about the A&E Ultimate Warrior biography. <laughs> that I haven't watched yet. Yeah. I feel like we'll talk a little bit. Watch it like the last episode. <laughs> Fuck it. Just cancel this week again. I'll see you guys. <laughs> well, we're already recording live. So hello, wrestling fans. This is the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast coming to you each and every week. Talking about the best from WWE, AEW, and NXT. As always, you can join in on the conversation by... Tweeting us at our Twitter account, which is at Live Your Gimmick. That's the at symbol followed by L I V Y O U R G I M M I C K. Sometimes we show up. That's right. Sometimes we do show up. Last week we did not. So I guess each and every week should have been in quotation marks as my uh, my my lovely co-host Michael then was doing on camera. So you got, uh, of course, you got me, Jason. Both Kevin and Michael are with us this week. So let's get this shit started. How you guys doing? That's a miracle unto itself that we're all here. We're all here. We're present and accounted for. We're live and worldwide. Live and worldwide. <laughs> Kevin's awake after eleven o'clock. Yeah, that's the rest of the part. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to um, follow your lead with modern toy fair news and start going live and worldwide on Twitch so we can actually have that legitimate claim. I mean, it's 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 a it's a task. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what we're going to do this week, we're going to talk a little bit about the biographies, a little bit about Dark Side of the Ring, um, and then talk some stuff about what happened on this week's TV shows. And, of course, because Double or Nothing is just wrapping up right now, we'll have some kind of live reactions to Double or Nothing and talk a little bit about, um, you know, everything that happened in the show and, and stuff like that. We didn't really watch the whole thing, but just seeing some of the, um, some of the, some of the clips and some of the different things that, uh, that were going on. Um, definitely an interesting show so far. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, we'll get to that here a little bit later. So without further ado, uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, the first, uh, we didn't, since last week we didn't get a chance to record. I just want to do a quick mention about a couple of the shows that were on. First of all, the Shawn Michaels biography, does this one kind of make you guys feel a little bit better about Macho Mance? Because they really dove deep into Sean's drug use and some of his past demons. And Sean was there to tell the story, and he was all for it. Yeah, Sean was like, yeah, I was a piece of shit, so what? Hearing him... I think a lot of that he's already, like, come out about. You know what I mean? Like, like if you watch, like, Heartbreak and Triumph, one of his WWE-produced, like, DVDs, like, he talks about, like, a lot of his drug use and... A lot of that, but like, so I, I mean, to me, I mean, to me, it was good. I mean, it's cool that they acknowledged it all, everything for like, especially if you haven't seen those shows or, you know, but like, to me, it was nothing new. So right, I, I think the thing that caught me off guard is I hadn't realized that he like has straight up like come out like and verbally said without being around the bush that yeah, I was in on it with the the screw job. Oh yeah, yeah, he without a doubt has a, cu- a couple of like times. we all knew he was in on it. Yeah, but, like I've never, com- I've, com- I've never like heard him say like, oh yeah, like I was, I, I was also yeah, listening. confidential that aired in like uh, 2003 or whatever. That's when he first came out because he did a shoot interview actually like in 1999 for like some random non WWE person or whatever, and he actually was still like claiming his his innocence mm-hmm. in that. But then once he, you know found god i guess (laughs) that's when he you know he's like jesus forgave me so can brett there you go yeah and brett finally didn't really forgive him until that that moment that they had in the ring i guess but um you know and 
really, too, hearing Shawn Michaels say yayo, that just made me chuckle a whole bunch of times. Uh, but, um, you know, it, it, it is a good redemption story, I guess, and maybe that's maybe where some of the differences with the, the whole Macho Man one is you really didn't get that redemption piece quite as much. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, overall though, it was, it was a good story. Good to, you know, it's, I guess with Sean, like you can kind of see things that, you know, anything's possible. Like you can't overcome different things. I love Sean Michaels though. So I guess maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I mean, you, you want to know why he macho didn't get the same redemption story. Cause he found God in a different way. Yeah. Oh, Oh, <laughs> oh no all right the cream really does go freeze <laughs> and the other uh the other documentary that was <laughs> last week was the dark side of the ring which was the collision in korea this is the wcw event where they went to north korea to put on a show with new japan pro wrestling and invited muhammad ali along for the ride I've heard this story a little bit before because Eric Bischoff has talked about it on his 83 Weeks podcast. But the Claire. the in-depth stories that, that they kind of got into on this were, were just off-the-charts bananas. And hearing Scott Norton talk about being dragged into a dark room. like I, Eric kind of had told that story a little bit, but hearing it from Scott Norton's perspective put it in a whole completely different different stratosphere for me. And then with, uh, Flair was on, like, Talk is Jericho years and years ago. Like, the first time he was ever on Talk is Jericho, he talked about uh, North Korea and going to Pyongyang or whatever, mm-hmm. um, which that was my only thing with this episode is that I, I wish, obviously, Flair can't be on it because he yeah, works for WWE. He still like, likes that big money. But for it, pretending to, to bang but ladies, it, yeah. But if, but if Flair was on this episode, it, it would have like taken over the top. But like, yeah, I I I I had known some of that stuff. But that was Flair's biggest thing too. He's like, you do a move and there was no reaction. So it was like you know wrestling in front of a crowd before wrestling in front of a crowd, <laughs> yeah, or non crowd was cool. Mm. Hence twenty twenty. So. <laughs> Well, yeah, it was, it was wild, like, some of the shit they, like, I, I didn't know anything about the whole, like, feud between uh, Scorpio and and Hawk, like, yeah, the whole, I I'm, fucking, I'm making a shank out of these chopsticks right. in my fucking window, like. <laughs> Although, like, typical like, Scorpio, he, that, that dude, like, to me, seems like he's just completely full of shit. Like, I'm sure oh, he's he a mark for himself all yeah, day, I, you can I'm tell sure that. He's a, I'm sure he is a legit tough guy. Or in, in some way, but like Scott Norton was right. Like Hawk on his best day, like in his prime, probably would have killed Scorpio. Right. Like just just on pure like insanity. Well, and, and the thing and the thing too is you don't really have so yeah. Scorpio talks about making that shiv, but who was his roommate? Chris Benoit. Who's there? Yeah. To, who isn't there to corroborate the story? Chris Benoit. You know what I mean? So it's it's, it's very convenient that. You know, somebody that could actually corroborate corroborate that story isn't isn't around to help tell it. So that's uh, you know maybe the only uh, real downside there. But uh, yeah, I mean it's definitely an interesting uh, piece to it because you think about what these guys couldn't get away with in North Korea, and these guys are fighting on a bus and trying to rip each other's eyes out. Like they're lucky they didn't get shot dead right there on the bus just for fighting. Yeah, you know it, it's it's just crazy and. 
it almost seemed too, and and what really what really stuck out to me is that while these guards had guns, it almost seemed like they were more afraid of the American wrestlers that were unarmed than you know what I mean like they they seem like mm-hmm. you know almost maybe more intimidated by these guys so like you know so I, I it could have gone way worse than what happened over there but it, I'm glad that it didn't it was definitely a fun story to tell and, and you know Kevin I know I, I kind of stepped away for a second but you I, I assume you guys were talking about Flair not being a part of it and that is like, yeah. I wish I wish he was but you know in WWE did you know that they got Jerry McDivitt, the uh, the uh, uh, McMahon's top attorney, to be on the show? Oh, for um, the steroid trial? Yes. Yeah, oh. I know. So if that's, McMahon's that's... top attorney can be on the show, I'm sure some of these other guys can be on it. I mean, Stone No, because Col- his top attorney isn't con- contracted with WWE. He's simply just probably on retainer. He legally isn't obligated to, to you know... I can only do things if McMahon lets me kind of thing. Yeah. And, and having yeah. Stone Cold for Pillman's like, it's just like yeah. Stone Cold getting Jericho for his podcast. Stone Cold's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I am WWE, but, but I have my creative control. It's like, yeah. he has, it's like he has a creative control as far as like, well, you can't control me from this or that. So I'm sure right. there's something in Stone Cold's contract. Yeah, Flair, like he- probably, Flair probably not because God knows McMahon's probably – Oh God! What's he gonna say? Right. Well, you know not I mean? even that. Just I can't imagine Flair being back at this point in his life where he desperately needs the money, having that many cards to hold in a uh, a negotiation for a contract with WWE. Yeah. Like it's essentially like we own you till like the day that your corpse just disintegrates in the dust. Like. Yeah, I, I guess I I don't know. I I just think that I think eventually you'll probably start seeing some more WWE guys participating in things like this but it, it may be guys kind of leaving after the fact or maybe when they're when the wells dro- dro- dried up a little bit but um you know the a e docs are definitely more wwe oriented so it was gonna be, yeah. it was a real interesting real interesting thing that both dark side and a e had warrior coming out on the same week no, Darkseid had it first, and then here came the WWE because it was supposed to be the Bret Hart one. Oh, uh, they they switched, they, they switched the they, lineup up. They they switched it up. So. It was probably you have to also think, of, especially considering the relationship they have with you know his wife. Right. They probably were like, we need to fucking pump something out to you know make him look a little better because Darkseid's probably not going to do that, and you know try to maybe steer the narrative away a little bit. Yeah, and I, I I agree with you there. I think either way, everybody should realize he's a. I think me personally, I thought he seemed like a real piece of shit. What? Whether, whether like he made amends or all that bullshit, just the stuff he like, you know. And I never really went back and watched all those college speeches and stuff or whatever. But like some of the shit that he said, I never realized really makes me think a lot less of him. Yeah, oh, I didn't hear any of it. Yeah, I mean, if you if you watch, actually, they cover it in both both Dark Side and on uh, the A and E doc. Uh, not so much in the A and E doc; like they brush over it kind of fast. It, it's kind of funny. So with this, they tell both both documentaries tell the same story for the most part. It's just told from a different perspective, right? So the A and E doc is more about 
Warrior's kind of redemption story and where he ended up before he died, where the Dark Side of the Ring documentary really focused on more where he came from and what 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 brought him to where he ended up being. So it was just it, it, it focused more on, you know, they had his first wife and they had his his uh football and wrestling coach from from the high school that he went to. They had his brothers, they had his mother. Like they had people like in his life before he became a warrior, right? And mm-hmm. you know, were WWE or A and E, they had more after he was the ultimate warrior from, from the moment he became the ultimate warrior pretty much on is what they really focused on. So you had more of dark side, which is like an origin story. And then you had the A and E doc, which was more of a, a, this is what happened story. So I thought actually the two really complemented each other pretty well. Honestly, I, I don't oh, know yeah, if they're both the good. same way, Kev. I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I honestly, the WWE one, I thought they did a great job. I did and too. I, yeah. My whole point is I just think he was but the you know the thing is though too, like you can't imagine like it seems to me like he was just like fucked in the head. Yeah. Like, yeah. And probably yeah. probably from his life and anything, you know, there's always a origin, it seems like, to what what this person's problem is or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but then again, as me as you know, people could always change and stuff for the better, but he just never ever did seemed like. So my, my, here, yeah. my thing is though, like, and you know, we, and we, i.e. Mike gives Hogan a lot of shit on this show about his, you know, being a racist and everything, but like, why was it okay for them to, you know, even have an award named after a warrior? Right. Warrior Award with all his past comments and stuff. And Hogan had one thing, I mean, that we know of, but one incident, but there was multiple incidents with Warrior. So why is why. that okay? Warrior is not as big of a deal as Hogan. And Hogan we- is a global s- superstar that everybody knows. He's a household name. Ultimate Warrior isn't. If I asked, like, my mom who Ultimate Warrior is, she wouldn't fucking know. Uh, I don't know. If man, I asked because- who Hulk Hogan was, she'd be like, oh, yeah. Hogan, he was you know the big dude in Rocky. There, there's a lot of people though that 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 know the Ultimate Warrior and don't that that don't know wrestling and still know the Ultimate Warrior though. I mean, that, well, even even I, then I, though, I, I, like, I'm just be, I'm just speaking in wrestling terms. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, let's face it, everybody that watches wrestling and watches WWE knows who Ultimate Warrior is or is a fan knows mm-hmm. of him somewhere. You know, another. So, he, like, he never got the same canceled treatment that that Hogan did. Well, that's also because his stuff was happened more so like in the past. He didn't have anything like recent that I had heard of. Hogan's thing wasn't recent either. That was Hogan's like, was in the last decade. Okay, but even with Warriors, that was maybe the last fifteen years. I mean, the, those college things; those were in the two thousands when he was doing that stuff. Like he was. But here's the thing: he. Ultimate Warrior at that I mean, point made, in his like, career was not a th- not a thing like in the wrestling world anymore. So like he wasn't in the limelight for a lot of people to know about. I didn't know he fucking said any of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, he, it he, wasn't a well known thing. I don't know. I I knew about it. I had heard about it, but that's just you know maybe because of stuff that I read and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, he he made comments about you know their homophobic comments. He made some racial racial comments. Like he 
He basically Queer, he said que he said in part of my French he said queering isn't something like queering isn't is it like, the way the world can is the way how I the mean, world works is. yes I, I want to be I want to be clear about something I'm not saying he's not a piece of shit and he doesn't deserve to be canceled I'm just explaining the reason why it's not like it's not viewed as the same from the fans standpoint because the Ultimate Warrior the only spotlight oh he's God. had in the wrestling world has been when he made the big return and then died like a couple months later. Hogan has consistently been in the wrestling world for the past four decades. Yeah, There's I, never been a period where Hogan has not been in wrestling in some way, shape, or form. Even when he was in that shitty-ass fucking TNA and Impact, he was still around and still talked about because people mocked the fact that he was in TNA. I don't know, Michael. That statement doesn't work for me, brother. <laughs> Um, by the way, Urban Meyer making an appearance on AEW Double or Nothing right now during the Stadium Stampede match. So, uh, Ohio former What's Ohio that? State coach, oh. uh, current um, oh, current Jackson Chill Fag Jaguars coach. Oh, dude, that's that, It's that's been crazy. The the freaking inner circle repelled in from the scoreboard. Oh. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely. I I want to go back and watch this though, just because of the just the back and forth between MJF and Jericho. I don't know how you funny. were able to watch it with such ease. Every time I've used that same link that you've given me, it's like a complete fucking shit show. Oh yeah, I don't know. It works for me. Well, you try to do, do you try to do it on your phone though? I probably. Uh, I watch it off of my iPad, and it, it works. It works a little bit better. I don't know why. Yeah. But. I don't know why that like having a screen that's just double the size and still well, makes it. The, the problem is is that the the site isn't set up for mobile usage, so an iPad works more like a computer. So it 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 clicks it, the, it when you try to watch it on your phone, things are way too zoomed in, so it's harder to like click on certain things to manipulate the screen. So, so it's just it's literally just a screen size because yeah, because uh, iPad is not built to be like a computer. You'll get it's, it's you'll get, th to be a you'll get things iPhone. that you get things that pop up um, and you have to click on them to close them out because the the thing will start playing in the background, but you'll have all these stupid advertisements that pop up. So you got to close them out real quick. And on the phone, it's harder to do that than it is on the iPad. And on the so phone, it opens up another window. On the iPad, it doesn't. <clears throat> so I was just reading. It sounds like the triple threat match was a good match. Yeah, it looked like a pretty decent match, um, and then um, Kenny ended up winning, uh, kind of an interesting way. But um, but yeah, this guy, yeah, this guy said outstanding three way match. Um, well, I mean, Mark, it's, Mark, it's, Mark Henry. Yeah, Mark Henry made an appearance after the three way match. Yeah, that was the other big oh. surprise. So you got Leo Rush oh. and Mark Henry. Ooh, Mark Henry is in tremendous shape, by the way. That's oh, that's God. impressive because he's getting old. Yeah. Oh God, he's your next TNT champion. Yeah. It's gonna beat Miro. <laughs> so big probably show, that's the big bad show, part. Big Show pulled Mark Henry in. All right, so we've yeah. kind of got off topic a little bit. We might as well talk AW Double or nothing. So yeah, I definitely check out the, those those two documentaries. I think Dark Side and A and E both did a great job. I'm looking forward to the Mick Foley one. Kevin, you already mentioned that you want to watch that, so um, we'll definitely oh, check that I'm, out. But I'm really looking forward to the Dark Side this week. Jake Snake Roberts and his family. Yeah, it's on. It's so, actually on Grizzly Smith, his dad. So it's it's, it's yes. on him, but it's going to tie in Jake and his upbringing and stuff like that. That's really interesting. Which, which again, some of that like I know and I know like he like had detail a little bit and beyond the mat or whatever. Right. But I was listening to the Dark Side of the podcast, and every week they come on with Conrad, the guys who created the show, and they review the previous week's show. 
So they previewed this one, and they said of all the ones that they thought, this is probably the most, I don't know if they said slash, like, uh, disturbing slash emotional one, which is hard to believe because... Right. They, I think it's where we've had Owen Hart and Chris Benoit. Right. And, right. Yeah, and, they, they said this one's, like, crazy. So I'm really intrigued by this yeah. one coming up. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see kind of kind of wh- where they go with that and... Uh, I guess they got, you know, Jake's other siblings to, to be involved with it too. So Yeah, Rock and Robin and Sam Houston. Yeah, they'll help they'll help tell those tell the story a little bit. So all right. So um I guess we can talk a little bit about AW or nothing. I did you guys watch Dynamite on Friday yesterday? Or I two saw days ago? It's in pieces of it, but that's about it. I okay. really I, I, I did, saw Bischoff and the crowd singing Judas. Yeah, that was basically <laughs> it. So, you know, for me. AEW hasn't really nailed the go home shows yet. Like they they haven't had a great go home show to me yet. I don't, I don't know why. Just they just haven't seemed to like really be able to piece that together. I don't know. But um, the uh, you know I I thought overall it was an, it was an okay show, but nothing crazy. But you know we got of course the the opening match of Double or Nothing was Adam Page versus Brian Cage. We got a little bit of a, a preview with that. So um, Adam Page got, he had a match against, um, oh, fuck, who was he in the ring against? He, um, he had a match against. You're basically talking to your, you're basically talking to yourself. Cause Mike, I guarantee it. No, I know. I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to think uh, just cause he got busted open. Oh, it was Joey Janela. He had a match against Joey Janela and he randomly got busted open on the top of his head and was like bleeding blood coming all down his face it happened hard way but i couldn't tell like where where how it happened but so he's in the ring and then you got um brian cage taz gets on the microphone and starts talking brian cage comes out and the whole idea was you know to have the rest of the team taz you know jump in and and, and attack him but he kind of saw it coming and called it out and then basically challenged brian cage to to meet him alone um so you know, this match, I guess Brian Cage didn't have Team Taz with him, ended up losing the match. This is probably going to lead to Brian Cage stepping away from Team Taz. They've teased it a little bit. I'm kind of curious to see what that dude can do on his own, personally. I mean, I feel like Team Taz has enough people in their stable, but I don't know. I mean, probably nothing, because, I mean, having a manager is where what gets you. Having managers is what gets you. Uh, you guys kind of froze on my screen. Uh, you you freaked the fuck out. So, uh, yeah, I said having a manager is what uh, gets you places in main event spots and stuff in AEW. Well, it hasn't worked for anybody in Team Taz quite yet, other than getting yeah. that cinematic need, match with Sting. But that was about you it. Need, you need a play sheet. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I was somebody, or, I, would like, I would totally mock. If I was like a heel manager, you totally mock Arnie's. Like you come out with like the wristbands like they have. <laughs> And, and like softball and baseball, you know, with the with the big headset on, with yeah. the with Three, the microphone, two, four. and then you got you got your guy with the earpiece where you can like call the play into him. <laughs> That'd be funny. Um, I don't know what I was gonna say now. All right, <laughs> and then after that, we got the uh, the Young Bucks versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Somehow, the Young Bucks ended up retaining. It looked like a pretty brutal match back and forth. Um, Young Butts hit, hit uh, Moxley with the Melter Driver on the ramp, um, and um, 
sounds like uh, the Good Brothers got got into it a lot too, so they interfered. So it definitely wasn't a clean win for the Young Bucks. Um, I'm so you were shocked that they retained. I'm like, let's see, real tag team that has friends or a couple of bros who uh, who just kind of got thrown together <laughs> because <laughs> because of a, a lackluster explosion in '69ing. I'm here for the. <laughs> I'm here for the uh, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley tag team. I, I like I like them as a tag team. They're they're fun. They're fun. Their they're, entrance was pretty sweet. Was it? They come out the wild yeah. thing again. Yeah, Moxley was fucking like throwing chairs and shit, like going <laughs> fucking like he was just going fucking crazy. I'm just glad that they listened to us and got the right version of Wild Thing, because that yep. that version of Wild Thing is so much better for an entrance like that than the uh, than the version that they used the first time. So that that's at least yeah, t- uh, Tony. We're waiting for our check in the mail, by the way. Definitely. We're least excited about that. And then he had the uh, casino Royale battle Royale uh, casino battle Royale. Um, Leo rush made Leo Leo, Leo rush made his, <laughs> his AEW debut in that match. Uh, in addition to that, we got a very surprise winner in jungle boy. So we got Christian and Jungle Boy as the last two left, and then uh, Jungle Boy ended up coming out on top. So is that a shock for you guys? Yeah, kind of, just because, one, they they aren't known for putting over new talent over old talent um, (laughs) very often. And and two, it's it's this fucking Jungle Boy. Like, out of the people in that tag team, you've got a big motherfucker who's a lucha guy dressed as a dinosaur, and this is the one you decide to fucking... (laughs) Be your big, your big winner. I can I, I can see it because it's it's somebody like oh, you know Omega's gonna have a great match with. Yeah. Although although I would be intrigued by a Luchasaurus Omega match. Exactly. Yeah. Luchasaurus ha- is like one of the only interesting things like character wise in that fucking show. So like missed opportunity. And that match is supposed to happen on Dynamite this upcoming Wednesday, according to the preview that they showed before this this match started. So, um, oh, oh, they're mocking the um, the handcuff thing. I think with Roman and uh, Roman and KO Good. during this match. Good. <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> oh God! So before the match started, that that Max Caster dude from the Acclaim came out and cut a rap on um, on the you know pretty much a lot of the people in the match and he was talking about it. Christian and his big line on Christian was, you know, uh, Christian, you were only good back when you had an edge. I was like, ah, that's pretty uh, good. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's good. I like that. Oh, Is it bad that I, while you're doing all that, I'm just thinking of this handcuff angle and imagining Jericho <laughs> handcuffed to like the, the goalpost, just like yelling at Sammy, get the fucking key, you stupid idiot. No, it's it's actually Sammy who's handcuffed in the, he's like in the, um, some Bleachers? hallway somewhere. He oh. was, he was handcuffed to a shelf. So it wasn't I, I even was anything reading. you can't get out of, but. Uh, I, I, I thought maybe it was going to be like a door handle, but it was one of those door handles that's like long ways, so you just slide it off. <laughs> I was reading there was a funny angle, I guess. Uh, Jericho grabbed a megaphone and yelled into it while he was like inches from MJF's yeah, face. right in his face. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I want to go back and watch this with sound, because there, there's a lot. And there, um, there's like apparently like a they're in the club or bar that, um, that Hager and Paige fought in last time, and it's... Um, it's uh, Pride and Powerful fighting FTR with a DJ, DJ Conan. 
DJ K Dog. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. <laughs> oh man, good shit. So, all right. I hope, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully they'll post it on uh, YouTube or something. Because like last pay per view, they posted somebody posted a bunch of matches before they got put put down or whatever. So okay. Well, even then, they're usually like they don't post the whole matches, but they'll put fucking large ass clips up on their YouTube the same night. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, who the fuck is good? Like, I mean, I guess if you're a hardcore fan, you want to see the whole thing. But if I just want to fucking see some of the highlights, I have no reason to fucking spend fifty bucks. Just fucking pop up YouTube. Oh, and Conan just helped uh, Pride and Powerful by stopping Tully Branch. weren't they? Wasn't that LAX? Wasn't the three of them yeah. LAX yep. and TNA? Okay, so that makes yep. that makes sense. Then a little tie, little throw in there. So that's why Conan's involved. All right. So th- then this next match is kind of the one that pisses me off more than anything. The American Dream for one night only. Cody Rhodes pins Anthony Agogo. So Anthony Agogo, if you haven't really been watching Dynamite, is this um, amateur. He's an Olympic boxer. He was a bronze medalist in boxing, and they have been you know, basically building this dude with this devastating right hand. Basically, he punches guys in the stomach and they drop and the match is over. And this is how they've been building him going up against Cody Rhodes for the past couple of couple of months, really. And, you know, he's even hit, um, you know, so in this match, not only does he hit Cody with the gut punch that drops everybody, but he follows it up with a knockout uppercut and fucking Cody kicks out and ends up winning the match. So you're going to build this dude and just completely fucking bury the shit out of him. Say it, say it Mike. Say because it. Cody Rhodes wants to be Triple H. <laughs> He's going to come out to music that soon that says... Time to play the dream. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Cody must pose. Cody must oh, pose. No. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. Does he really have a pose? Like he just kind of like stands there and occasionally like raises his arms, but like yeah, he kind of stands, really like, stands there and shows the tattoo off. Like he turn, yeah. he'll turn and show the tattoo off. That's really about it. Yeah, like it's not, it's not the same. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I just, I just have a problem with it, and and. <sighs> I don't know. Like, I was I was reading about that too. I have a problem with it too. So. Put put the kid put the kid over. You know what I mean? Like you you've done all this time to build him up. Put the kid over. Like what what Cody can't fight for a title. So what what are they building him to be at this point? He's about to take time off because his wife's gonna have a baby. Like what what are they what are it's they? It's all for his ego. Think yeah. about it. He took himself and forced himself in the mid card by being like, oh, I'll never be able to you know challenge for the championship. So that way he can fucking just put himself over, over and over again without being accused of making himself champion of his own company. Well, Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net, he reviewed that match and he said, this didn't work. He said, the live crowd's been hot for everything leading up to it, but he said they were just completely, like, tame for this match. Yeah. So they're like, he's well, like, and, you know, Cody- maybe maybe a, maybe a Google will have a bigger moment on Dynamite this week, but he said, it's like, it's nice that Cody's working with undercard talent, but at some point he needs to put him over. Exactly, and 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 Cody pissed a ton of people off already with that promo he cut a couple of weeks ago. The whole American yeah. Dream promo, where you know he, you know he basically, basically put over, you know, I don't know. It was just very tone deaf for what what I, I like that you're trying to find a nice way of saying his very racially insensitive. 
promo where he's essentially, you're not American, fuck you. Yeah, basically, uh, yeah, in a way. Yeah. You're not American, but you're living the American dream. Like, dude, come yeah. on. Like, that, that's like so, that, that, that shit's so played out. Like, that's, I don't know. Like, I'm sorry, it's not the 80s. You can't do the, the Iron Sheik versus Hulk Hogan anymore. Yeah. It doesn't or, work. Or even the, 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 um, the uh the canadian american angle that they did in the attitude era with sean and brett like oh love it or leave it buddy you know what i mean like that even even when they did it with cena and rusev it didn't work no it didn't at all they had that flag match and it was just like the whatever yeah Yeah, i don't know not a fan of it all right moving on uh miro successfully defended his tnt title against lance archer lance archer to continues to be this big huge monster that can't do shit like jake has to hold him back and hold him back and hold him back but he never fucking oh wins God. what are you holding him back from he's braun Strowman. essentially w's braun Strowman. essentially yeah. ex- except he has a mouthpiece like it's yeah. just uh, dude, Strowman definitely needs one <laughs> the murder hawk monster hasn't killed shit is all i'm saying all right, uh, but hey, shout out to Miro. I mean, he, he's looking like a complete monster, and he's he's doing a really good job with what they're finally giving him is a, a chance to be the, <laughs> the TNT champion. Oh, my God, Jericho just pinned a thank you sign to MJF's head. <laughs> and then ripped it out. Oh, God. Anyway, all right. Sorry, I, I I was watching a highlight on Twitter. Urban Meyer handed Jericho a laptop. Yeah, he broke the laptop. Being, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is they're in like a conference room right now. It's um, it's pretty. Is it the is it the WWE one from uh the Money in the Bank last year? No, this is like the Jackson Jaguar Jacksonville Jaguars offices there in the stadium. <laughs> Did you see the one where the assistant coach is throwing, kept giving Jericho balls? And he gets yeah. thrown in the MJF's face. <laughs> yep. Oh my god. Oh, uh, MJF just pinned Chris Jericho on a conference table. He kicked out, but he was pinned on a conference table. <laughs> and Aubrey Edwards was there to count the one, two, three. <laughs> Oh man, this is crazy. This uh, this match is fun. My question is though, like, let's say Inner Circle wins and they stay together. Where do they go from now? They've already had a blood and guts match. Now they're having the Stadium Stampede match. So where do you take it from here? Do you just have a normal eight man tag? Like you can't even you know I mean like what what else could they possibly do? They they have a super orgy fest off match. Wow, that's um. That's that's extreme. <laughs> I don't know that, exactly that you have to one up yourself, and there's not very many ways you can go at this point. Uh, also, I, I, did, I do want to point out I saw they posted like a montage video of like trying to hype up this match, and they like in it you see like the Jericho falling off the thing, but they cut right before he hits, so that way you don't see the shitty cardboard fly. Yeah, everywhere. they and they cut it for, they cut it from a different angle too, which was mm-hmm. oh man. And I'm like, ah, oh, good for them. Good for them, you know, using that editing magic to attempt to make it not look <laughs> fucking terrible. All right, so the next match on the card after that Anthony Agogo fiasco. Oh, the Miro, never mind. After the Miro-Lance Archer match, the AW women's title, which I don't know if you guys know, you guys saw or not, but on Dynamite, they, de- they debuted a new women's t- championship. It doesn't look that much different than the one they it's, had before. It's, it's just a little bit bigger. It looks a little bit nicer. Uh, but Sheeta was able to get that, and um, she defended her title against Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, 
And Britt Baker is the new AEW Women's Champion. So definitely a long time coming for that. And yeah. um, I'm excited for that because Britt is definitely the best the best they have, without oh, a yeah. doubt. So I, I, I think... Coraline, the best they have in general, let alone the women's division. Yeah. Yeah. But also, you know what, though? Like, their women's division's got a lot better. It has. I mean, it has. Yeah, I mean, they've stepped better. up their game. They, they, they really have. So I, I did get into a Twitter battle or maybe it was a Facebook message battle where somebody said something about that Britt Baker is the big, is a bigger name than Nia Jax or something like that. And I was like, buddy, I, I, I like Britt Baker. I do. But you can't tell me that somebody who's wrestled for a small company that's really only known by hardcore wrestling fans, that they're bigger than somebody that's won titles at a WrestleMania that works for a company that uh, is globally known. Like, it's just, oh. you, know, you can't say that she's a bigger name. Like, I, I, I've got a bigger argument for you. She could be a bigger star, but she's just definitely not right now a bigger name. So the the reason, real reason Nia Jax is a, a bigger name than Britt Baker is because Twitter tweets it regularly complaining about the fact that she still has a job after actively injuring half of the women's <laughs> locker room. <laughs> Uh, and you can't beat that. Yeah, right. But uh, congratulations to Britt Baker for for winning the AEW Women's Championship. I think that's gonna well do. A, I think it's gonna do a lot for for that. So yeah, definitely well deserved. Uh, next match on the card after that, Darby Allen and Sting defeated Scorpio Sky and All Ego Ethan Page. Um, again, you know, veteran not putting over the younger talent. Now they are definitely building Darby Allen, which is great. Um, but you know, Sting. This is his first actual live match since 2015 when he faced Seth Rollins. I, I mean, I guess I don't really have necessarily an issue with this. Uh, the only thing that was kind of weird. Did you did, on Dynamite? Um, they they did the many face Sting angle that's been done like 15 times. Did you see that, Kev? So I didn't get to see. I didn't see Dynamite at all. So. Dar- Darby comes out to to face off with these guys, and he's got an army of people wearing sting masks. And then the third to the last one gets in the ring after all the other ones got thrown out a hundred times. And um, then Scorpio Sky starts punching him and he takes the mask off and it's sting. Right. But how many times have we seen that same thing where he was wearing his own mask? Like he did that in WCW. He didn't like WWE. Like he's literally done that everywhere he's gone. I mean, you know, sometimes you just, you really want to beat a dead horse. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> We're getting no reaction from Kevin on that. He's 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 even trying to watch this. You, <laughs> you guys, you know, you guys both like paused, and I didn't hear you. Uh, so there was a huge pause between me, what I said and when Jason responded. Yeah, so I assume the lag or something. I'm, I'm just now hearing you guys, and I was oh. there. I'm like. Can anybody hear me? Gotcha. I can't hear you guys. Gotcha. <laughs> no, but so Sting did the thing where he was wearing his own mask, and there's a whole bunch of other Stings, and then he takes the mask yeah, off yeah. and Sting. Yeah, the, the same thing he's done oh. in different promotions. Yeah. I just want to point out, I just watched the segment, and it, 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 this has probably been the worst version of it done because out of all of the other Stingers involved, it is very clear which one's the real Sting because yes. the other ones look like they're like, these tiny ass fucking like the one dude has gray hair. <laughs> like, like one of them, like they both look like they're like five feet tall and work in the office in the back. And they're like, Oh, I could be, I could, I could wear a sting mask on camera. Yeah. 
Um, they, they, they put zero effort into trying to make, like, a bunch of stings that look alike. And then you've got, like, big-ass, bulky dad bod sting, like, stand in the ring. Like, yeah, I wonder which one's the real sting. Yeah, yeah, right. So, yeah, and, oh, and the other thing, the other Dynamite segment, too, that kind of pissed me off was the, the weigh-in between Cody Rhodes and a go-go hosted by Big Show. That was, like, the worst. Those weigh-in segments are freaking terrible. Big Show was trying to get, it was the, Big Show kind of saved it, though, because he's trying to weigh, he's trying to weigh these guys, and they're using a regular, like, doctor's scale, not a digital scale, and, of course, they're on the wrestling ring, which is moving, so yeah. he's trying to, like, get the weight, and he goes, I couldn't afford the digital scale, this is all I could come up with, and, you know, when he's trying to weigh these guys, he's going, he's going, hey, hey, you over there, quit moving, I can't get this <laughs> Like he's like yelling at people because they're moving. It was it was such a dumbass segment though. It was terrible. But anyway, all right, moving on. Darby Allen Sting, they win. Okay, and then after that, you had the triple threat match, which was uh, Kenny Omega, Orange Cassidy, and Pac. From what I watched that match, it was a really good match. I, I won't take anything away from it. Um, you know, Kenny Omega ends up getting the a roll up win on Orange Cassidy, so Pac didn't even finish into the or didn't even kind of go into the um, the finish. finish. But, um, you know, and, and good on Orange Cassidy. Glad he wasn't severely hurt a couple of weeks ago where he's able to still participate in this match, Not especially, fuck out. especially at the level that he was. He definitely was the entertainment portion of the match. But, man, there was that, like that kid's got that something special. He has that it factor because when there were there were points in times and I even had it on mute. But there was a couple points in times where he almost won a match and that crowd was going fucking crazy for him. And, you know, it was a, a couple of false finishes that looked like he might actually win it. And that crowd was coming unglued and getting on their feet, hoping he was going to win. So whatever, whatever he had, like he has it, it's just, you know, and it's going to be one of those things where if he ever does win it, he's going to be the, the people's guy. You know what I mean? Like he's going to have that, that, that following that, that really kind of that Daniel Bryan or that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, even that CM Punk or even Jeff Hardy, that, that kind of, he just has that, that it factor. I, I mean, you can't really can't really say anything else about it really but it's crazy <laughs> so yeah yeah all right cool yeah. nothing cool. else there nobody all well, right. some of us aren't watching the uh, pay-per-view live while we record the podcast i'm so the one doing like the really... talking you guys are like you you asked if you, you acted like you wanted us to respond and we're just like sitting here like we ain't fucking watching it how are we supposed to respond to that but you've but you, you don't agree with me or disagree with with me saying that like i mean you've I, seen, I agree obviously that... you've seen the guy in other matches it's not just that match i agree that he's over um, I agree that he definitely has the factor that like he's relatable because he's not this like larger than life like monstrosity, which seems to be what usually gets the fans behind you. Uh, I mean, you've got Kofi, Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, all those guys. They're not Batista. They're not Triple H. They're not Hogan. They're they're very relatable. Like you can you can you'd be like, oh wow wow, like a guy like me could do this kind of thing. Um, so like I can see why the fans get behind him. I personally just don't get it. Like, I feel like it's, it's entertaining for a while. It's great. You know, you know, YouTube like clips here and there, but I I just feel like the, the, the gimmick kind of loses its shine after a while. Okay. All right. I can see that. I can definitely see that. I just uh, saw the finish or heard the finish of the match. Yes. The inner circle wins. Sammy Guevara. 
gets the pin on Sean Spears in the middle of the ring. They use the ring in oh, Daly's place. No one place. important was involved. They, they they use the ring in Daly's place, though, not the ring in uh, the stadium. Which I think is probably they wanted to do in front of the crowd. I mean, you got the you yeah. got the live crowd. Let's get the finish in the crowd. Yeah, you want yeah. you want to make sure, especially after the fucking dud that was blood and guts, where they had to watch half the card on TV. Like, why wouldn't they be like, yeah, let's make up for that and have yeah. the finish? Especially, especially this is the main event too. Yeah, yeah. Shout out, the inner circle stays a thing. So cool. I didn't know that was a stipulation that if they lost, they yeah, that was a step. Up. That was that was the only way they could get uh, Pinnacle to agree to the match was if they they lost, they had to break up. So that, that's why they did a thing on Raw where they were all like, "Well, if this is the end," it was like a celebration of the Inner Circle, whatever. Eric Bischoff hosted it. It was weird. Did I say Raw Dynamite? Yeah. Next we were. I was very talk, confused. Next I was, I was like, wait, did Monday they mock Night this Raw. on Raw? <laughs> no. See, I mean, to me, to me, more anything out of this group, like. Why not Sammy Guevara get a big push oh, yeah. out of this? Definitely. Are you and like you imagine like him and Omega in some fucking matches, like I don't know. Yeah, I mean I, I'm all for Sammy getting getting a opportunity here. I I mean, who else are you gonna it's better than Jericho getting the win because that doesn't do anything for him. You know, Pride and Powerful, they're a tag team. They're always going to be a tag team. And then you got Jake Hager. He's got his own thing going on. He's not fully committed to AEW. He has his his MMA stuff that he's doing. So, you know, it, Sammy makes the most sense. And, man, when they got into the ring, did you see, Kevin, did you see when he did the springboard off the rope and Spears hit him with the chair? I, I didn't see that. I just saw in the back where Spears threw him against the wall and Sammy like <laughs> walked up the wall and did a backflip and like another flip and then did a roundhouse kick to Spears' face. Yeah. It was fucking. If I, if I find it, I'll direct message it to you guys. I just saw it. Yeah, I mean he's um, a he's a pretty incredible athlete. So now they're uh, all. No, saying... I can't get behind Sammy after the sloppy work he did with Matt Hardy. So. Yeah, I'm, but a sour at, taste in my mouth. At the same time, though, that's not that's not necessarily his fault. Like he, it's not that he set that spot up. It was just a it was I, a I'm, bad. It was not. A bad it's spot not even the concussion spot. I'm talking about the spot the week before where he was too lazy to figure out which one of the chairs was gimmicked and fucking oh, and he threw busted him Matt him up the, the hard way. Yeah, yeah, like just sloppiness like that. Like it's just I don't know. Yeah, I got you. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I look at him as the the Nia Jax of AEW. Shit, shit happens. So. <laughs> oh my god! Well, he's never enjoyed it. But he's not as—he's not as worldwide known. Yeah, he's <laughs> still better known than he is. <laughs> Live and worldwide. All right. Yeah. Cool. You got. You got. You got Hulk Hogan, Nia Jax, and All right. everybody else. <laughs> So while go through while go through that, we already talked a little bit about what happened on Dynamite last week. So uh, let's let's hit up a little bit what's going on on Raw SmackDown or Raw SmackDown NXT real quick, and then we'll kind of close things out. That's what's going Dude, on. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Monday, Monday Night Raw was actually one of the better Monday Night Raws in a long time. They had some they had some newer matchups. They refreshed things up a little bit. Uh, we got a matchup between Xavier Woods and Riddle, which was really good. You had Kofi versus McIntyre for the number one contender spot. Um, even though it was a retread, Charlotte and Asuka had a much different match than any match I've ever seen them in. And overall, that match was really good. So I don't know if you guys caught any of it at all. Um, Riddle finished off Woods with the RKO, which I thought was kind of interesting little storyline piece. 
Um, but I guess really, you know, for or against Kofi being back in the title picture, I'm all for it. Yeah, at this point, it's better than seeing the same old shit every fucking month. Yeah. Yeah, I'm bored. <laughs> so, and you know, Kofi Kofi, and uh, McIntyre have another match coming up this week on, on Raw, and the winner is going to face um, Bobby Lashley at Hell in the Cell. I, you know, Hell in the Cell. Oh, we know it's not going to be Kofi then. Well, I mean, you never know. They might kind of shake things up and surprise us a little bit, but. You know, I nah, it, it's it's a man. He wants some big beefy boys in that big old steel cage. They haven't said that that's going to be a Hell in the Cell match. They're just saying that match is going to take place during at the Hell in the Cell pay per view. They haven't uh, they I haven't like they haven't announced title what, match has to be in the they Hell haven't the cell if it's not they haven't bullshit. announced which matches are actually going to be Hell in the Cell matches yet. So we haven't even got anywhere near that. Um, I feel like uh, if they do Hell in a Cell though, Drew McIntyre needs to just bury. Um, Lashley under like everything that he can find under the ring and then get disqualified. <laughs> uh, speaking of... He has to get to the point of murder. Speaking of Bray, is Hell in the Cell where we're finally going to see the Fiend return, maybe go go after Roman? No. Don't think so? I, I, I think at this point, they don't know what to do with the Fiend anymore. I don't know. I feel, I feel like... The- I don't know. I feel like that this this could be the hell in the cell could be the time that we finally see him back. I mean, well, we thought Mania was going to be the time we finally see him like come back full time, and he lost, which apparently was decided the day of. And despite the fact that both Orton and Feet and Bray didn't think it was the right decision, and then he was just he came back for the Raw and then was gone. Yeah. So like. I, I honestly feel like they just don't know what to do with him or they're like trying to save him for when there's a live crowd again. But I, I don't know. Cause it, 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 they, they dragged out the storyline of Orton for way too long to the point where fucking Alexa bliss had to do a three month feud with Randy Orton. And now we haven't seen Bray in God all, over a month. Yeah. This is mania, right? Yeah. Yeah, he did a Firefly Funhouse. Yeah, he did a Firefly Funhouse. And basically teased that there was going to be a lot more Firefly Funhouses. So, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, I'm just hoping that they... Because they're, they're getting to where the live crowds are going to be coming back. And SummerSlam, like, every, like pretty much Money in the Bank is going to be in front of a live crowd. So everything mm-hmm. after Hell in the Cell is live crowd. So that's why I'm thinking maybe he makes his return... And maybe he he has that where he's going after Roman, and that could lead to him and Roman at SummerSlam because that could be a big. Why SummerSlam not just save that for for Money in the Bank then? Have him attack Roman at Money in the Bank in front of the live crowd where you get the pop versus in front of a it bunch just, of fucking. TV I know screens. it just it just seems like Hell in the Cell is more of like a fiend. Maybe that's why I was thinking that, but. I mean, I it, it it is the Fiend's pay per view because that's what is most memorable uh, about it is the fact that you know Seth got disqualified for trying to kill him, True. quote unquote. <clears throat> Definitely. But that's just my interesting thing is like, who is Roman's next challenger? Is it Jimmy? Yeah, that could be because uh, he doesn't have a a match lined up for for Hell in the Cell at all. Like they don't even have. As of right now, Roman's not even on the card, which that could be. Is it, that would that'd be perfect because isn't that with the match that he had with Jay? 
Yeah, that's where Hell in yeah. the, he had the Hell in the Cell yeah. match with Jay. But Hell in yeah. the Cell is also taking place earlier this year than it did last year, though, too, because May is normally Money in the Bank, and Hell in the Cell, I thought, was in October, because Hell in the Cell happened after SummerSlam last year. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's always October. Yeah. That's yeah. earlier. No, it's, it's always been October, except for this year for some reason. So, it's, it's yeah, Hell in the Cell normally takes place in between SummerSlam and... Um, in Survivor Series somewhere in there. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know why they're doing it so early this year. It just doesn't seem. And Hell in the Cell seems to fit October because Halloween time, you know. It, maybe May it's. randomly just doesn't just trying. Maybe it's like some sort of thing where they're like, they really don't want to have to like travel and put that together. So they're like, let's do, let's have one last pay-per-view inside the Thunderdome and make it the one that we actually have to fucking put effort into. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and they could be doing it because if it's in the Thunderdome, they can do some crazy camera angles because it's more about the production side of it as opposed to mm-hmm. the fan side of it too. So that, that could be part of the reason why, I guess, um, because it's not like, you know, the fans in the Thunderdome aren't seeing from their seats, even though I yeah. thought that would be the the best idea possible. But. Oh my God. I remember that when you fucking actually <laughs> thought they had individual webcams on each fucking uh, screen. Dude, that, that's how they should have done it for sure. But, um, yeah. But yeah, millions of dollars that probably would have cost. <laughs> they will have spent all of the money from their their uh, uh, studio. Uh, imagine sitting on your computer for two days straight, and you get a Thunderdome yeah. seat, and then within the first five minutes of the pay per view, your your camera your is camera's taken out, out. <laughs> and it's gone. Like, well, Drew's face hit my uh, my seat, and I have been ejected from the Thunderdome. So, oh, man. Kev, do you see that uh, they're coming to the they're coming to the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse here in Cleveland, Ohio? On yeah, that's their, that's the their first show. SmackDown. That's their, that's their first live show back. Wow, no, that's depressing. They're going to Texas. I thought they were going to Texas first, and then they're coming to the Cleveland after that. I was watching a little bit of a SmackDown last night. That's I. What seemed like Michael Cole was acting like uh, we're returning to live crowds and starts in Cleveland. Hmm. That's that's depressing to be like we're finally back and where do we start? Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah, uh, Cleveland's a good wrestling crowd. Screw you. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a good crowd. I'm saying Cleveland in general is just a very depressing place. I mean, look at all the sports ball teams. Um, the, yeah. the Indians a couple of years ago were in the World Series. The Cavs won a championship did in 2016, win? and the Browns are four years ago, five years ago almost. And the Browns are good again. The actually the Browns being good is all that matters in Cleveland sports. Every other team can suck. If the Browns are good, the city is thriving. And right now, the Browns are possibly going to be one of the best teams in the NFL. So, wait, has the season started? No, but they 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 made the oh play- so you're they you're made the pl- this all they made the playoffs last year and they were a game away from going to the Super Bowl and they got better in the off season so the brown the Browns being good again is it drives that city it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what the Indians like that's are like being do. a high schooler and being like oh man I can't wait till next year I'm gonna be so much better at math than I was the year before um okay you I I was wrong uh, uh, smack smackdowns. First show is in Cleveland. I is thought it SmackDown the one that's going to be live first. Oh no, no, you're right, Houston. Excuse yeah, me. they're in Houston first, okay, and okay. then they're, they're going to Cleveland. So the okay. first Cleveland is the first show that's not in Texas. So they're going from Texas to Cleveland. So uh, the first so are they having a bunch in Texas first or something? Yeah, the, f- yeah. the first like okay, five so shows. That, like... The first five shows they're doing are all in Texas. 
Yeah, you guys smack down. Because Texas has been like, fuck it, let's do this for the right. past like two or three months. Right. Well, they got, yeah, SmackDown and then Money in the Bank <clears throat> and then Raw. Raw in Texas. So, yeah, Raw overall I thought was a little bit better. Um, moving on, NXT. Man, NXT. First of all, NXT is finally back to being NXT. Um, I just watching it over the past few weeks, the their I feel like their their niche, what they do well, is finally starting to come back and finally starting to be a part of the show. Um, everything on the show has seemed to matter. We got Bronson Reed winning the United States Championship match in a uh, United States United North no, American a North American Championship in a cage match last week, and then this week you get Kieran Cross versus Finn Balor too. I don't know if you guys got a chance to watch that match. If you haven't, go back and watch it. It was one hell of a match. Those guys brought it. Like, yeah, I saw some clips and it was it was pretty oh, impressive. Man. Which I from them because their first match was impressive. Oh yeah, the, and, the, and the second match didn't disappoint either. I mean, it was it was brutal, very hard hitting. Um, you know, lots of really close false finishes. Uh, just overall. I loved it. I mean, it was it was one of uh, one of the best matches I've seen probably in a little while, um, probably since our first one for sure. But man, yeah, it was it was it was really good. So it, NXT, like I said, I, I think NXT has done a really good job over the past uh, couple of months, really kind of rebuilding and getting back to like the kind of what makes them special. Um, I'm looking forward to the takeover in your house. That's gonna be coming up here pretty soon. They got it looks like they have a pretty good card building up for that. But, um, but yeah, NXT has been freaking awesome. So I don't know if you guys uh, have anything else to add to that or not, but uh, I, I don't know. I just, I've lost interest in NXT just because there's, there's not as many guys in it that I like actively in it right now that I'm super into. Like I enjoy the million dollar man and, uh, uh, Grimes. Oh, yeah. Those are pretty fun. Yeah, um, <laughs> but like Cole has been MIA. Uh, after the super weird promo that O'Reilly gave, I, I kind of cooled off on him. Um, so, the, the Finn and, and, and Damian Priest I'm into, but they're with each other, so there's not really anyone else. Gargano, like, I don't, I haven't been actively watching, but, like, anything except for, like, stuff online, has, is he just missing, or no, has, he, has he just he, not been important enough? He lost the North... No, they, they have a way segment almost every every show, um, he lost the North American Championship to Bronson. Yeah, Reed, so there's I knew that. that. And he's also so next week they're doing a fatal four way. It's going to be Johnny Gargano, um, Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, man, who else is in that match? It was a. Uh, now I'm trying. I can't remember who's in the match, but the whoever whoever wins the match is going to get the next shot at the at the NXT World Championship. So he's in the World Championship picture as of right now. If he if he wins the match, but I can't remember the other oh, four, the other three guys that are in or the other two guys that are in it. I know O'Reilly's in it. I know Gargano's in it. Um, oh, Pete Dunn's in it. That makes sense. And Could you imagine watching Gargano get slaughtered by uh fucking what's his name? Kieran Cross. Uh, Cross. That you just called Damian Priest a few minutes ago. I, I did. I caught that aside out there. I was like, "Fuck! I fucked that up." Um, <laughs> but like, Cross Priest. I mean, can't blame yeah. you there. Um, like, I feel like he'd he'd, he'd he'd be a good match, but I feel like it would mostly just be like, how well can Johnny Gargano sell everything that Cross does? Yeah, I don't know. 
Um, it'd be it'd be very it'd be very Day O'Brien, Big Show esque. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to see who's who's going to be a part of that match. I was trying to pull it up real quick. Let's see. Oh no, it's it's a, never mind. It's not four way. It's a three way. So it's just Gargano, Dunn, and and O'Reilly. That'll get the opportunity for that next C title. And, I always hate when you think you're having a four way and then the fourth person doesn't show up. Right. Mm. <laughs> this is bullshit. So. How about the, the the one thing I did have a problem with on NXT? Bobby Fish, you know, makes his long-awaited return, and he calls out Pete Dunne and then promptly loses to Pete Dunne right after that. So that just kind of shows you where Bobby Fish is on the pecking order right now. Oh, I mean, if Pete Dunne's about to be in the world title picture, I don't see you putting Bobby Fish over. That makes sense, the but then why, why, why have him go after Pete Dunne instead of Oni Lorcan? I, I mean, I guess because, Pete was the one oh, who actually hurt him or, you know, whatever. That's the, so, that's the so, shoot, but... So here's what you do is you do that, and now he has a reason to get involved and screw Pete Dunn out of the triple threat. So that way O'Reilly's the one who wins, and it's O'Reilly versus Cross for the title. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> be interesting to see what happens there. So um, I'm surprised that Adam Cole's not – to your point – yeah, he's, he's just MIA. Yeah, he's, he's, he's he's chilling in the pool watching his fucking girlfriend win championships. Yeah, I mean he's made some yeah. he's done some promo things like where he's like done vignettes and stuff like that, but he hasn't actually she's been the breadwinner now. Yeah. Yeah. But he hasn't actually been on TV, so they're like actually live on TV since the whole Kyle I mean, O'Reilly thing ended. But then again, if they gave me that shitty ass music, I'd probably be depressed and stay home too. <laughs> Jesus. Uh... Bobby Fish's music was actually really good. His was the best I out of all his. of them. That's a, I mean, that's a low bar to set because both O'Reilly's and Cole's were real bad. Yeah, Bobby, um, Bobby Fish's was actually all right. I When I heard it, I was like, oh, well, he lucked out. He got the better end of the entrance music well, that's for probably, sure. He was like, oh, I'm feeling good. And they're like, what about this music? He's like, mm, my shoulder's starting to hurt again. <laughs> about this music? Like, oh, I'm feeling better. Uh, that's funny. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so and then um SmackDown I thought was pretty good. Um SmackDown's just SmackDown's man just been way better than any show, really, honestly. But I think it's just more been that that the the storyline with Roman and now it always is. Now with now with um, you know, Jay being back in the or Jimmy being back in the fold, I think that that's kinda added another wrinkle to it. And um they had a the Usos Street Profits match. If you haven't got a chance to watch that, watch that. I mean just that's a good match. Amazing yeah, I didn't match. See that, yeah. Um are we gonna are we gonna skip over the fact that um, Kevin Owens sold the uh, Samoan bike for <laughs> yeah. like two the, hours? The Nigerian the Nigerian nail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody posted on um, on uh, uh, Facebook about that too, and it, just talking about his sell job of that. I was like, honestly, man, I I like it. Like, why not? I mean, it it, it no one else has. Yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta sell things to make them look devastating because then why else do you want to see agree, somebody use but, it? Like, He's hit how many people with that thing? And Kevin Owens is the first one to, like, give the Uma, the Umaga fucking level sell job right. that he, like, it used to get. <laughs> yeah, and, like, and that's and that's that's a testament to Kevin Owens and, and, and almost like a – almost kind of like a, a – A dig to everyone else? Yeah, in, in a way because, you know, really these guys should be selling things like that because, you know, you want somebody to, to look dominant like that because then that makes – it even better when you beat them later on. You know what I mean? Like it's just, 
I don't know. Like, you know, I give Kevin Owens a lot of credit for selling it the way that he did. I mean, he, he did a really good job with that. Hell, fucking Aleister Black's still selling nigh injury from a year ago that was yeah. given to him by Buddy Murphy, who's not even on the fucking show. Right? <laughs> uh, that The continuity to that. That's that's a that's a shout out too for uh, yeah. for Alistair Black for sure, um, yeah. I mean overall, like SmackDown's just been a solid show, so there's not really much else you can say about it. You know, it's just been it's just been overall, I think one of the best things that WWE has going right now. Um, but um, yeah, outside of that, anybody, you guys have anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? I, I got one one thing. It right. might maybe it'll turn into a, my own segment. It's called Agree or Disagree. Ooh. This sounds like for or against, but like <laughs> the diet version. But, but better. This is just no, this I'm is big lots for or yeah. against. Do you have an save a lot? Save a lot. Do you have an save example of agree or disagree? Just one just one this week. Okay. Oh, agree. And this isn't like my opinion. This is just like this could be from somebody else, you know, says something or whatever, okay? Okay. What's already just losing it? Huh? This segment's already just losing it. Like, right. <laughs> but do you agree with it? Agree or disagree with comments made that Kenny Omega is the best in the world right now? Disagree. Disagree. Okay. Who is the best? So are we talking like, when you say best, are we talking overall, like well-rounded? Or are we I talking mean, just in-ring? Worker. Um, yeah. I mean, promo. Just um, everything, everything that comes along with everything. I, I, I bet a dollar Jason's about to say the same thing I'm thinking. Randy Orton. Oh, never mind. <laughs> were you thinking Roman or who were you thinking? I was thinking Roman because okay. like it, it, he for years was just the bane of our existence. And now he's become the hottest thing and the thing carrying an entire fucking show. Like we're talking, SmackDown has been devoted. It's the Roman Reigns two-hour show at this point. It really just is. Commercial breaks where you get to watch other fuckers try to tell a story. Yeah. I, I, I tell, can't tell me any other like thing where they've based an entire fucking two-hour show around one wrestler and tell me that Kenny Omega is the best in the world. I can't argue that. I mean, really, I, I would say Randy Orton only because of just how good he is at everything. I mean, Randy Orton literally can, I mean, he could carry the company if you need him to. He could be that, that sideline player if you want him to. He could do a, a fun angle with Matt Riddle, or he could do a serious angle with, with anybody on the show, with Edge, you know, whatever. He's just so well-rounded, and he's so good in the ring. And, you know, Kenny is good in the ring, but I don't think he's the best. I don't think Kenny's a very good promo at all. I think his promos come across really obnoxious, if I'm being honest with you. And the whole title thing is more about him being obnoxious than it is about anything else. You know what I mean? Like, he's 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 a good high-spot wrestler, but is he a good storytelling wrestler? I, I don't know. But I, I, I agree with Michael, though. Roman, he's, he's entertaining. I'll he, give him that. Yeah, he I mean, is. 69 me. Is yeah. <laughs> the best thing that, yeah. that came out of it. But, yeah, I, I agree. He, he's he's impressive in the ring. But beyond that, like, he he's definitely still learning. He's he's not there yet. And and Roman being – we're Roman with his promo you know, style No, that's just now. because he hasn't been on a national stage. 
that, that and see that that's uh, another part of it though too and it's hard to compare the two to that factor in though because you what because you haven't been on national no, stage i mean because you, you can you can you can easily be at that level think about it. there's been guys who were like in the indies and were at that level that you know don't that before they were in WWE, and that's how got what got them noticed and got them there like you you don't have to be i mean it does help to be in front of that like national like stage and, and you know being on tv every week because then you know how to play the cameras play the crowd this and that but it it, it also like you you can just have it like like jason's talking earlier with you know orange cassidy like while i think the the gimmick has kind of ran its course he's he's probably the most over thing in wrestling and he's he's been he hasn't changed that much from when he was in the indies yeah and i go ahead Kev. i think i think personally like actually everybody that's been mentioned between omega roman and orton have a beef orton is almost like the okay roman and kenny cancel each other out and then you have orton because mm-hmm. or, orton could put on a match or cut a promo orton could be the man <clears throat> I think Roman Roman has gotten better at his promos. Roman being he's, himself he, he, is what's gotten better yeah, in promos. That slow so, cadence that he has now and just the the overall just just like it's almost like he's whispering to you like look, you know what I mean like the, just yeah. he has gotten a lot better at that just being himself. I still don't think he's like I don't think he's like a crazy great promo. I mean he's okay. I don't think he's anything crazy great cuz I mean, you know most of his promos are acknowledge me. That's basically what he always says. Now, Kenny. I mean, most of Kenny's are funny one-liners about him being. He just Kenny champion. Just talk, he, he just he's just a hundred miles a minute. Yeah, like in his sometimes, but yet sometimes <laughs> says you know something funny or whatever. Yeah. Now, in ring work, I think honestly, like in ring work, I think Omega's is the best in the world. Personally, if if you're gonna put on a hell of a match. I don't think he's all like I know JC said he's all spot fest. I don't think he's all. He's spot not. Fest. I he, you're right. He's not all. And he I I have seen matches where he's he's told a decent story. It's just I guess with with Kenny, it just seems like um, it's paired of people who are spot fests. Yeah, and a and, lot of times. and and a lot of the matches that he's had that have been amazing matches have been against amazing workers. So I, I guess with with somebody like Orton, I've seen Orton have a great match against somebody that's not a great worker, and and mm-hmm. I maybe that's where the difference is. I've never seen Kenny have an awesome match with somebody that isn't already an amazing worker. You think about his best matches in New Japan; they're against guys like Onita, Akata. Like those guys are really good workers. Jericho, really good worker. Even with AEW, Mox, great worker. Jericho, great work. Like he, all the matches that he's had that are his big matches have been against guys that he he doesn't necessarily have to carry. Um, so I guess it'd be interesting to see. But the, and that's the thing. Like it, it's the same kind of thing I was talking about with with Nia Jax and Britt Baker. Britt Baker could be a bigger star than Nia Jax. But Britt Baker's never been on that stage, that platform to be a big star. Yeah, wrestling fans know who she is. And, you know, hardcore wrestling fans know who she is, but a casual audience maybe doesn't, you know, it, it, because, you know, being on being on AEW, 
on that stage isn't quite the same yet as being on that WWE stage. And maybe AEW will eventually get there and, and be as much of a household name as WWE is, but realistically, they're just not there yet. And it's going to take a lot of time and, and, you know, more of a, more of an effort in their global marketing and stuff like that to get there. But, you know, it, it, it's just, it was the same thing with Kenny Omega. They, he was in NXT. They didn't see enough in him to keep him around. Then he went and made a huge name for himself in Japan and more power to him. He's done a great job and in the ring, he is good. Um, but now, now me personally, I think right now Roman is the best because he's just me, the hottest. Well, he, yeah, he's the hottest right now. And that's why I think he's the best right now. Because me personally, sometimes it, it's it, it just goes for AEW too. Like it's hard to watch both. Sometimes, yeah. and, and, and really, and really for me anymore, it's been really hard to watch WWE. Like I can't stomach it through Raw much. Yeah, same. and if it wasn't for Roman, like on SmackDown, and just being intrigued by that, like I mean, I always watch pay per views and stuff like that. But I'm always like, is Roman? right now and i can't believe i ever say that because i've never been i mean i I've, i didn't even even like roman back when he was in the shield like I, he was like i didn't like dean ambrose but he was still slightly above roman reigns and so was like yeah. i don't care about big long-haired motherfucker yeah um, but the, i mean the suffering succotash promos and shit i mean come on you know what i mean like yeah. so but i mean but the same goes for like steve austin i never care for it i like steve austin like Hollywood Blondes days, like in WCW and stuff. Like when he first came in, and he was obviously the ringmaster, and then he turned into Stone Cold, but he was still like, you know, with Ted DiBiase, like it, it did nothing for me. So that's that's why I say right now, like to me, he, he's he's probably the best as far as really putting something on his back. Mm-hmm. So whereas Kenny Omega doesn't really have to do that with AEW. Yeah. Like, so, although, although he is carrying multiple companies right now. True. Yeah. Um, I will say in response to like Jason's whole thing about like AEW not being that big stage, I don't think they'll ever get to that unless they correct two different factors that are big major players in why their TV show doesn't work. One, get cameramen who work in the wrestling industry, not in for TBS or TNT. So that way you actually get the angles you need to make it look good. And two, you need to quit trying to be meta and quit trying to play to the marks who love the inside bullshit because that does nothing to the casual viewer. You will never escape that hardcore fandom and break out into mainstream like WWE if you are too busy sucking the dick of the casual mark who's like, <laughs> they, made a, they made a funny about something that's behind the scenes. Like, no, that's not what's going to get the casual viewer because the, the casual viewer is not going to get it and it's going to lose them. No, I can I can agree with you there. Yeah, that's and I don't think, like, like I said, I, I think AEW, I would hope, would think like, hey, as long as we're making money, we'll keep doing this, but we'll never be as big as WWE unless something like really shits the bed, which I can't ever... You know what I mean? Because you never know, like, you know, you know, once Vince is gone or not around, who knows? I mean, unless yeah. Vince sells the company to someone other than Triple H and Stephanie when he died, before he dies, I, I don't see that being the demise of the company. 
actually could see that being an improvement of the company. At this oh point. no, no, exactly. <laughs> I'm like you'll, you'll you'll finally get NXT level storytelling on the main roster. No, no, I'm um, just saying. But I mean, you just, you, but you never know. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah, know. like you know, anything's possible. Um, I just I, those are the two things that keep me from enjoying AEW is their obsession <laughs> with trying to be meta. And while also trying to kayfabe it and be like, we're a real sport. Look, the wins matter and stuff. And then the fact that just the camera work is just dog shit. And it just it takes me out of it. And it sucks because you've got that company, which can't get that those two aspects together. And you've got the main company that just can't fucking get their head out of, the ass, out of their ass and only have one real story that's interesting. Like, I, I, I'm super in love with the idea of Bobby Lashley as the champion, but they've done nothing with him to make me want to watch him. Oh, you're not you're not enjoying him watching out walking out like the Godfather every week now. I mean that, that it's entertaining, but considering who his his oppo- like his opponent's gonna be, I'm just like I don't need to see Drew versus him again. But what We've if it's Kofi? Seen it. What if it's Kofi? It's not. It's not gonna be Kofi. If, if Kofi w- wins, does that pique your interest a little bit more? A little bit, yes, because that'll actually be a good match. Um, I, I think Kofi's gonna yeah. win personally. So, but, it, but it, the thing is, a, but like honestly, but like the Kofi draw as a champion though. I mean, he didn't, well, I, I, he's Kofi, he's not gonna be champion over fucking Bobby Lashley. That's what I'm Co- just saying. Though, Kofi, like, that's Kofi, Kofi as WWE champion, like he had some really good. I don't know. He had some really good memorable matches. I thought I enjoyed Kofi's I run. The problem with Kofi as champion wasn't Kofi's fault. It was the fact that they rode the wave of his popularity that kind of just sparked overnight and retold the Daniel Bryan story, ironically with Daniel Bryan as as the bad guy this time. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, they didn't know what to do with him. They had nothing. So before. it just it it piddled out. Because they never intended for him to be in that position, so they just kind of—it was like Rey Mysterio winning the title, mm-hmm. the world title for for Eddie, and it's like he wins it. And it's like now what? No, and then like yeah. what? Three four months later, or, or like up. most guys in that in that scenario, look like fucking Punk the first time he won the title, they they put him on him, and then they had nothing for him, and then they had him, they didn't even have him lose it. He fucking got beat up in the back, and yeah. then someone took his place and his titles vacated. Like they, they just, they, they ride the wave of popularity of these guys and then they don't think long-term and unfortunately they, they miss the, the, their chance to really elevate that person to that stardom to a point where they could carry the company on their back just because they don't take the time to try to figure out a story for him or figure yeah, out a good opponent for him. I mean, transitional stuff, even when Eddie Guerrero and Benoit were champions at the same time, like, they won it within a month of each other, and then they kind of had some stuff, and it's like, all right, well, we'll put it on JBL, we'll put it back on Triple H. So, yeah. I mean, Kofi carried it, though, for a good six months, because he didn't lose it until that first ever SmackDown, which was in October. So, I mean, he yeah, held it for just, a while. If you, yeah, if but, you, what, but what did he have that was, like, memorable? Yeah. I don't know. I thought his his feud with Dolph Ziggler was good, mostly because Dolph Ziggler just kind of came out, it should have been me! But. You enjoyed that. I didn't. I got tired because yeah. I'm tired of the whiny Dolph Ziggler that we've had for the past decade. Like, there comes a point where the, it should have been me angle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, where his, his his whole fucking gimmick is just, where I'm a great worker and it's never me. And it's like, well, unfortunately, you were injury prone, so they lost interest in you, even though they shouldn't have. And he, the ironic thing is, is he hasn't been injured in years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's just because every time they put a title on him before he got injured, so like, well, okay, we're we're just gonna keep you around because you're good, but we're not mm-hmm. gonna 
We're going to put tag you titles important. on you because that way we could protect you. Yeah. Uh, we could have someone else do all the work. Put Robert Roode in the match. Um, yeah. All right. Cool. Moving on then. Um, here, real quick. Uh, some rumors came out. It, it sounds like um, WWE is trying to strike up an exclusive partnership with New Japan Pro Wrestling. What do you think about I'm that? So glad you, I'm so glad you brought this up because I wanted to bring up Tony Khan's response. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh my god was, i didn't see it what was he, tony Khan's so spot? he fucking before dynamite he fucking with tony shivani did an interview and cut a promo on on fucking we talking about like oh yeah if, if they've been talking to him for two months well guess what i've already got future deals with them and this and that and then he was like all worked up i'm like damn dude fucking pull your panties out of your ass crack and calm down like jesus christ he was fucking fired up over the fact that there's a rumor that Vince has uh, the other con talking to New Japan trying to snake their deal. And I'm like, fucking, get, dude, calm down. The be- the best was that kayfabe thing on Facebook posted. A, a f- it was a fake tweet from the New Japan Pro Wrestling Twitter. And it said, oh, shit, we just realized we were talking to the wrong con. Yeah. <laughs> But, you yeah, know, it, I thought that was funny. But and, and, um, and by the way, WWE's had workings with New Japan Pro Wrestling, like dating back to like oh I don't know the fucking seventies, right? So like, <laughs> come on. And they owned WCW, who fucking had a relationship that ended them up in fucking North Korea and almost got a bunch of dudes killed. So <laughs> yeah, keep I mean, that gone. Um, do we all want to? Yeah. Also, who was the first ever IWGP champion? Hulk Hogan. Oh, I was like, I don't fucking know. So, yeah. Well, and and here's the thing though, too. Maybe that's Tony Khan stirring the pot a little bit. Maybe, maybe all three of them are talking. They're working. Yeah, they're working. Maybe they're maybe maybe they're working (laughs) us. Maybe we're gonna see. Because here's here's the thing. Like, you know, we talk about. Oh my god, Kenny Omega's facing Roman Reigns at the Wrestle Kingdom. No, 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 no. The Tokyo Dome. Jason it's, said it. Nope. It's not that. It's going to be Vince McMahon versus Tony Khan in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's going to be 72 stars. You think, you think, you think about it this way. So, you know, we, we keep saying who's better, who's hotter, right? Roman or Kenny. But man, could you imagine if Kenny Omega were to show up on a SmackDown and go face to face with Roman in front of a that's, live that's crowd? A tower, that's a tower show. Like, Omega versus Reigns. You heard it here first. <laughs> uh, but I'm just saying, like, uh, I mean, just, just, you know, if they if they were to actually open that, so to speak, forbidden door, there's been so much talk about that. So maybe, maybe that that's you know them talking to New Japan is a way of of kind of bridging that gap. But yeah, who who knows? And maybe Tony Khan's trying to trying to play kayfabe and just be in act like it's not actually happening but maybe not maybe there maybe it has nothing to do with it I, but I, I don't know i i think it's just i don't know if it's even kayfabe of him trying to like play off like it's not happening i think he just got worked up over the fact of like there's rumors that i i think I, it honestly, might get taken out from money if they're if they're not ever going to work together i honestly think tony khan should just operate his business as if wwe doesn't even exist You'd think, but don't talk that, about that's not how it works. Don't act like is that, WWE doesn't talk about AEW. Like they don't mention them. They don't get hot about anything that they do. 
And yeah, okay. An exec executive said they set the be- business back thirty years. That is the most bullshit line I have ever heard in my entire life. What executive said that? So an ex- yeah. executive in WWE, which executive? Because there's not a ton of executives that would really come out and Laugh. say that without actually saying that. You know what I mean? Like and like set the business back thirty years. That's such a bullshit Dave Meltzer made up line if I've ever heard one. And Dave Meltzer was the one who dropped the news about them possibly pairing up with New Japan. So, you know, who knows if that shit's even true or not. It probably yeah. isn't. So, you know, it, it's, I don't know. It, it's it's all ridiculous. The thing that really kind of made me think it's not going to, like, it's not a real thing was the fact that it also included that it would be exclusive partnership with WWE. I'm like, yeah. I don't see New Japan doing that because realistically... They they don't have a presence big enough in America to where they need to be exclusive to WWE versus where they can be with all the other promotions and still kind of get some eyes on them. Because let's be honest, the casual viewers of WWE are not going to tune in for fucking New Japan's eight hour fucking big ass extravaganza every January. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Be interesting to see what happens if if something happens. I I I like the idea of just all the companies finding a way to somehow work together, whether it's a, you know, showing up on each other's shows from now and again, or maybe trading some talent back and forth. I I just, I would love that idea more than anything, because I think that makes, that makes the wrestling world unpredictable and get, I get it. I know it's a pipe dream. It's never going to fucking happen. And WWE doesn't play nice with others. I completely understand that it's never going to happen, but just because for me, I my, I love wrestling because of the unpredictability of it. Just the, you know, anything can happen at any given moment. And when you open up that door and you have all these companies that could potentially feed off of each other, it just makes it more so that that could happen. And then it makes it more must-see. It makes it more must-watch because, holy shit, if Kenny Omega showed up on SmackDown or holy shit if you know, fucking, let's say Daniel Bryan's still working for WWE, but he shows up on Dynamite. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's so many different things that, that could happen that this make me, would that would make me want to tune in to see because then I, because I, I don't want to miss it, right? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, that for me, that that, that would be the, the most ideal thing, but I know it's never going to happen. So, so two things real quick. Uh, Daniel Bryan was part of the reason why that rumor got started uh, with Dave Meltzer was because the idea that Daniel Bryan wants to work in New Japan. So obviously WWE would try to strike up a deal with New Japan so that way Daniel Bryan could go work for there but still be a WWE superstar. Right. Um, but not work with anyone in the competition, though. Um, uh, however, I did just fantasy book in my head Kenny Omega's big WWE debut. Oh, yeah? So you, you pull Brock Lesnar. You have him show up at Money in the Bank, the first pay-per-view in front of fans in a, uh, in their big tour. And he just comes out and gets the briefcase and, and fucking wins. And he's not even in the match. Then he decides, then he just like walks around fucking Dynamite for a few months with it, talking about how he's going to cash in on Roman, cash in on Roman. And then instead he cashes in on Lashley in the middle of a match, wins that title. And then it turns into like, oh, well now... You've got this this whole thing where he's taken the title and it's not from Roman. So it's not, you know, Roman didn't have to put him over or anything like that. And it just, yeah, yeah I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. 
and he's he's draped in yet another title. Yep. He does the Shawn Michaels pose with this one though, just so he can say he put his dick on a WWE title. Oh my god. <laughs> 69 me universal belt. 69 me. 69 me fruit roll up. God. Oh, God. My balls smell like right. blueberry now. I think we're I think we've hit midnight and we're just delirious now. So let's just go no, ahead and we've wrap hit this. Almost sh- 1 oh yeah, it's yeah it's 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 about 12:40 at this point. I think it's just time to wrap this up because we're getting we're getting way off the rails. All right, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the show. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Make sure you check us out on our social media account at Live Your Gimmick, which is on Instagram and Twitter. If you do subscribe on Apple Podcasts, we greatly appreciate any five star reviews that you can give. If you haven't already, just go on there, click the five stars, and maybe you don't have to put a comment, but if you put a comment, we definitely appreciate it. Let us know what you like, what you dislike about the show. Um, you know, if we don't hear any feedback, then we just assume that we're perfect and everything's great. We so. just assume that you want to hear more about can you make us balls smelling like blueberries without. And that's what you're going to continue to get. I mean, that's that's what you're here for, right? All the phallus talk. All right. Uh, <laughs> but, um, all right, you got anything that uh, you want to drop or oh, plug? Or of course. Like Make sure to tune in on YouTube.com forward slash Modern Toy Fair every Friday for the weekly toy news and Mondays for reviews. But not only that, now on Wednesdays, you can join me, Jamar underscore games, and Nate for our Wednesday night weekly purchases where we spend about 40 minutes going off about all the toys we bought and showing them off for everyone on Twitch. So go check that out and also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Modern Toy Fair. All right. All right. Thank you very much for that. Kevin, you got anything you're plugging this week? Oh, do I ever? <laughs> <laughs> Just your butt. All right. Uh, thank you guys again for listening to this week's episode of the show. Uh, for Kevin and Michael, I'm Jason, reminding you smarks out there to be a fan and always live your gimmick. Goodbye, everybody. That's what your wife said. <laughs>